time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sam. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. Stay tuned, because it's on now. The Tom Sumner Program. COVID-19 is the biggest health crisis in our lifetime. We're working around the clock with doctors and hospitals to stop it, but we need your help. Even if you don't feel sick, you could be carrying it. And just one person with the virus can infect another 40, who then infect thousands more. So I've issued an executive order requiring everyone to stay home to help limit the spread of the virus. Let's protect the people we love. Stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Ladies and gentlemen, Philip Rapp's creation, The Bickersons. The Bickersons never tire. Poor husband John, a chronic insomniac and suffering from slugger's disease, struggles during an acute patch of his ailment while Blanche Bickerson attempts to describe his symptoms over the phone to Dr. Hershey. Listen. This is worse than ever, Dr. Hershey. Can't you come over? Mrs. Bickerson, it's almost three o'clock. I'm sure his condition is pretty good. I'll come over in the morning. But he might recover by morning. I wouldn't want that to happen. What? (laughs) Wait a minute. I'll carry the phone into the bedroom, and you can hear what John's going through. You hear that? I can't hear your husband on account of those fire engines. That's my husband. What? Incredible. Tell him to do that again. I don't have to. He will. Mrs. Bickerson, there's only one thing. Just a minute, Doctor. Wait until I get the phone out of the room. Now, what were you saying? It's definitely a post condition, and that roaring indicates he's a mouth breather. Well, maybe, but John isn't breathing through his mouth. What makes you so sure? I taped it shut with plaster. That isn't wise, Mrs. Bickerson. I'd rather you tape his nostrils. It's less dangerous. I tried that last night. I think my husband snores through his pores. I'd give anything if you could cure him. There's only one course of treatment, but it's very expensive. It'll be $200 down and $25 a month for 11 months, plus charges for extras. Sounds like buying a new car. I am. Good night, Mrs. Bickerson. Good night, Dr. Hershey. Maybe John's quiet now. John! John! Turn over on your side. Go on! John, stop making that silly noise! Oh, I forgot the adhesive tape. 
Ow! What's the matter with you, Blanche? Who taped up my mouth? I put it on to stop you from snoring. Oh, I never heard of such a thing. You had to go and tape up my mouth just when I'm raising a mustache, pull out every hair. That's too bad. You've caused me enough suffering. I'd rather lose your mustache than lose my sleep. What's the matter with you, Blanche? What's the matter? I just can't stand it anymore, John. Night after night, I walk the floors and get into a state because you snore and brawl and snore and whine like a bulldozer. Uh, Is it any wonder I'm so irritable and ill-tempered? If Dr. Hershey won't encourage me and try to improve my nature and buoy me up, who will help me? Nature boy. Very funny. You're so funny, John. I'm not funny. And what about me? I haven't slept for so long. I'm a nervous wreck. I bury my head under the pillows to shut up your snoring. And when I get up every morning, I have a cramp in my collarbone. Rub it with chicken fat. Rub it with chicken fat. You and your stupid remedies. Huh? What do you care what I go through? Blanche, put out the light. I will not. How would you like to go through life with a constant pain in the neck? Well, I took you for better or worse. Yet to come. That's right. Pile it on. Tell people I forced you into this marriage. Did I ever run after you? Blanche, I want to sleep. I did everything to deserve you, and you know it. Did I accept you the first time you proposed? No. And why not? Because you weren't there. Go on. You wouldn't have the nerve to propose to anybody else. You sure took advantage of my innocence and youth. Oh, don't give me that you stuff. You are no spring chicken. I must have been, or I would never have picked a worm like you. Why don't you go to sleep? It's a different story now, isn't it? Never a kind word. Never a sign of affection. Never a good night kiss. And to think you used to kiss me every time I turned around. I never kissed you when you turned around. I've been a trusting fool all these years. I should have known you don't love me. You never did. I did, too. I mean, I do, too. You don't. You don't. You don't. Oh, Blanche, I love you. You're lying. Swear you love me. I hope I drown in a pool of bourbon if I'm lying. That's the answer to all our problems. You think more of a bottle of bourbon than you do of me. It's true, isn't it, John? What's true? You're in love with a bottle of bourbon. Oh, for heaven's sake. Go on. Say it. I can stand the truth. Just give it to me straight. It's better with soda. Don't try and switch things around. You know you indulge in it more than what is absolutely necessary. No other wife would put up with such a thing like that. Now, just a minute, Blanche. I resent that. I don't care. You can accuse me of being selfish or inconsiderate or anything else, but drinking is not one of my failures. No, it's one of your few successes. That is not true. I don't drink more than any six men you know. Huh? Now, you trapped me into that. The only reason I use bourbon is because the doctor prescribed it. He said I would stop snoring if I took a jigger of bourbon and two aspirin before I went to bed tonight. That's not what you do, though. It is. It is not. You're six months behind on the aspirin and two years ahead on the bourbon. Well, the aspirin gives me a headache. You'd better listen to me, John. We'd get along beautifully if you'd think of me once in a while. If there's an extra dollar in the house, it goes for your pleasure. Only two weeks ago, you had your life insured for $10,000. What about it? You're always thinking of yourself. Myself? 
Now, what kind of idiotic talk is that, Blanche? If I die, you get the 10000 You know perfectly well you have no intention of dying. You've only got your life insured to tantalize me. I'll drop dead in the morning. You say it, but you won't do it. Blanche, what's the matter with you? Do you realize what you're saying? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I'm sorry. That's okay. Just calm down. Try to get some sleep. I can't sleep. I'm too upset. You can't stand the sight of me, can you, John? I can stand it fine. I'd like to hear you talk that way to Gloria Gooseby. Don't start with Gloria Gooseby. Anybody could be pretty with the money she spends on clothes. Every time her husband wants a kiss, he has to buy her a dress. Believe me, you're lucky you've got a cheap wife like me. If you were married to Gloria Gooseby, you'd have to pay for her kisses. I'm not married to her, and I get them for nothing. And I hate Gloria Gooseby. I'm warning you, Blanche, if I ever hear you mention her name again, I'll... I'll... That's right. Hit me. You've done everything else. Oh, for heaven's sake, Blanche, will you please put out the light? I have to get up so early in the morning. Good night. Are you angry, John? No, I'm just sick. Do you hate me? You know I do. I mean, I don't hate you, Blanche. What's the matter with you tonight? What have you done? I've been so upset. I forgot to give you something. It came for you yesterday. A letter? Special delivery and registered. It was addressed to you and marked strictly personal and private. Okay, what did it say? Well, you needn't be so snide about it, John. I wouldn't have read it, but I accidentally steamed it over when I was pouring myself a cup of tea. Let me see it. You can... Read it in the morning. Go to sleep. I want to read it right now. Put the lights on and give it to me. Oh, all right. Here it is. Oh, from the government. Um, good night, John. Mr. John Bickerson, sir, in checking your return for 1946, we find you have overpaid your taxes and closed to find a check for $76.50. Well, say, what a break. I finally... Blanche. Hmm? Where's the check? Don't act sleepy now. What did you do with my $76? I bought a beautiful Evan handbag. It's shark skin trimmed with snake skin and it matches my cat skin shoes. $76 for a shark skin snake? Take it back. Take it back. Do you hear me? Stop screaming. How could you squander my hard-earned money like this? I deny myself everything. I've been cutting the scraps off your old garter belts and wearing them for bow ties. I have my feet hand-soled in a blacksmith just to save on shoes. I don't even drink my bourbon anymore. I just lick the label and stick my nose in the... I don't spend a nickel on myself. You bought a new watch chain yesterday. What watch chain? The zipper came off my pants. You get that money back, you hear me? How can you do that, John? You didn't buy me anything for our anniversary. Can I keep it, please? No. Please? Oh, what's the use? Can I keep the bag, John? How I slave and sweat to bring money and soul together, deprive myself of every tiny luxury to try to make both ends meet. It isn't worth it. One fatal swoop and she squanders two years' savings. What's a man got to live for? I wish I had the courage to... Maybe I will. Life means nothing anymore. There's only one thing to do. John. Oh, John.
another five-minute mystery. Our story takes place in Green's Gap, a small town in the Southern Cavern District. Green's Gap Hospital, Dr. Melville speaking. Doctor, doctor, there's been an accident out at Echo Cavern. Accident? What kind of accident? Two men were exploring and they got lost last night. One's unconscious. You better come quick before he's dead. I hope you know how to get out to Echo Cavern, Len. Well, with the job of being town constable and ambulance driver, I reckon I know all there is to know about these parts. Ever been in the cavern, Len? Once, Doc Melville, when I was a boy. Nearly got my hide tanned off by my paw. Echo Cavern's a mite treacherous place. You mean it's easy to get lost in it? Not only that, Doc. It's that cavern gas carbine. Mm, something. You mean carbon dioxide? Yeah, that's it. All of a sudden, you run into some of that stuff, and before you know it, bean, you're out. Still, people seem to be going uh, exploring in there. More fools to be. I wouldn't go into them caverns, at least till I was not without a dog. A dog? What for? Well, if a dog keels over, then you know the gas is collecting. I'm afraid, Mr. Gaddy, your friend is dead. Oh, poor Patsy. It wasn't from the gas, was it, Doc? That's what it looks like to me. Why'd you go into that cavern anyway? Patsy asked me to. We'd never seen a cave before. How far did you go in? Well, it didn't seem very far, but all of a sudden we lost our way. Where was that? Well, how do I know whereabouts it was if we was lost? We tried to trace our way back, but it was no use. Patsy started to get scared. It's kind of funny to see a big guy like that get scared. Yeah, he is rather big, isn't he? Yeah, six foot four. The mob used to call us Mutt and Jeff. And then what happened? Well, I was a little scared myself, but we stuck together. You know, walking in the dark with only my flash from the car. All of a sudden, Pat's keeled over. From the gas? Yeah, that's what I figured. His head hit on a rock, and I guess that just about finished him off. I suppose you reckon yourself pretty lucky, mister. Yeah, sure. I figure it's because I'm only five foot three that I got out of there alive. Gas must have been just about a foot over my head. Yeah? And what do you think about that, Doc Melville? I think you better arrest Mr. Gotti for the murder of his friend Patsy. What was the flaw in Gaddy's story? Do you know it? In a moment, we'll hear from Lem and Dr. Melville. And now, let's see whether you're as observant as Lem and the doctor. Hey, copper, let me put my hands down. They're tired. When you're in Green Gap's jail, not before. I don't get it. It was a good story. I still can't figure out how you found out. Lem tells me they used to take dogs in the cavern because the gas is heavier than air. It collects on the floor. If you really meant gas, you would have keeled over first, before your pal Patsy. Well, what do you know? I tell you, nowadays in this murder racket, you need a college education. Another five-minute mystery. This five-minute mystery featured the voices of Rhonda Groves Young, Randy Zimmerman, Sean Cantwell, and yours truly, Tom Sumner. Stay tuned to the Tom Sumner Program for future mini-mysteries. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Hi, I'm Dr. Jonay Caldoun. We know that COVID-19 is spreading rapidly across Michigan right now. The most important thing people can do to protect themselves is social distancing. That means unless you are a critical infrastructure worker or going out to get food or medicine for your home, you should be staying at home. Stay home, stay safe, save lives. Most of the music you hear on the Tom Sumner program is provided by local artists. Tune in Fridays at 11 for live music and conversation with some of the area's most talented singers, songwriters, and performers. Hi, this is Greg Nagy. Hey, this is Hoppa. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions. Hi, this is Alexander Zonjic. Hi, this is Mark Farner. This is Maurice Davis. Hi, this is Rochelle Ray. Hi there, folks. This is Sweet Willie T. This is Steve from the Nashville office. I'm Gwen Pennyman Hemphill. Tom Sumner Program, celebrating the rich talent pool from Flint, Genesee County, and throughout Michigan. In just a little while, you folks are going to have the pleasure not only hearing the songs of the star of the program and all, but you're also going to have the pleasure of hearing and watching and seeing in person the gentlemen and ladies who have been supplying the fine music behind the curtain this evening. It's a wonderful orchestra. I love to hear them play. But while you would possibly never even consider counting how many pieces there are in the band, it so happens there are about, I think, 26, 27 members of the orchestra, the stage orchestra here. The only thing is they used to play in Hollywood. And when they were there in Hollywood, California, there were a 65-piece orchestra. And when they were hired by the International Hotel to come here and play, they all got on a a bus, all 65 of them with their instruments and everything, and headed out for Las Vegas. The only thing was, when they crossed the Nevada state line, they had fruit inspection, and this is all slack. Here are some most happy fellas, the four lads for four. Standing on the corner, watching all the Fords go by. Standing on the corner, giving all the Fords the Look at it go, it's the Thunderbirds kissing cousin. Get in a Ford, give Ford a try. So don't be standing on the corner, watching all the Fords, watching all the Fords be the guy who's going by. 
This is Jill Stein, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour is uh, General Counsel to PETA and is suing over uh, safety concerns and calling for uh, food safety oversight. His name is Jeff Curry. He joins me by phone. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Tom. Nice to be with you. Um, let's let's start out with the. This is going to seem like a really dumb question because you deal with this stuff all day, every day. But who are you suing, and why? PETA has been involved in, in a series of lawsuits against uh, various states, most recently North Carolina, uh, to fight what are so-called ag gag laws. Um, and these are laws that are aimed to prevent the exposure of abuse uh, of animals on factory farms and slaughterhouses by banning people from taking photos or videos on those farms and sometimes by making it a crime for an investigator to get a job in one of these facilities. And so we have been successful since 2015. We have sued and gotten four ag-gag laws declared unconstitutional, Idaho, Utah, Iowa, and uh, just a couple of weeks ago, North Carolina. Uh, And, of course, these laws are insidious, and they are antithetical to everything that should be going on right now. As the slaughterhouses reopen, amid the COVID-19 pandemic, which everybody will remember began in a wet market in China. Transparency in slaughterhouse and factory farm operations is more important than ever before so that people can see for themselves uh, exactly what the crowding, filthy conditions that lead to disease outbreaks look like. And it's in this context that these ag-gag laws are particularly harmful because they try to keep these conditions secret and punish those people who expose it. So um, in in each of those cases that we've won, uh, a federal court has declared that they are an unconstitutional violation of freedom of speech. And so we're fighting these ag-gag laws whenever and wherever they come up. How has... um COVID-19 really impacted this. It, it, it seemed to me we heard about one or two uh, meat processing uh, plants where employees were showing uh, signs of the disease. It, it, it seemed very minor. Was it or did we just not hear about others? Well, as these facilities are opening, you're hearing on the news in, in a number of states that these slaughterhouses are becoming COVID-19 hotspots. Um, there are reports in the media of literally hundreds of employees at various facilities uh, testing positive for the disease. Um, and so it, it's not only, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a a danger that these slaughterhouses and factory farm operations can be the breeding ground for pandemics like COVID-19, but it's also incredibly dangerous for, for the workers. You know, I have a concern, Jeff, that I, I, would, I would love to hear you um, weigh in on. Um, you know, it's historically, PETA has been the one who has you know, brought these these images out of of the cruelty that goes on to animals in uh, 
slaughterhouses and and um, uh, various uh, what farms and and so on. Um, but in this day of social media, this stuff really becomes uh, an issue. It it troubles me from a community standards. Uh, point of view that that when these images start making their way onto social media um they're extremely offensive and i understand Peter wants people to be offended but i wonder about the the appropriateness when anyone can see these images on social media how do you balance between the right to investigate and and use these images to influence regulators and having it become animal cruelty porn in some way. Well, I think there are several responses to that, Tom, and I appreciate the question. The, the, you touched on one answer, which is the regulators and law enforcement. In every one of these instances, um, when PETA does an, an investigation and finds this kind of cruelty, and let, let's put this in some context, um, PETA's undercover investigations have found sadistic workers kicking pigs in the head, spray painting them in the eyes, stomping and throwing, uh, stomping on and throwing chickens and turkeys like footballs, smashing piglets' heads against concrete floors, and even beating and sexually assaulting pigs with steel gate rods. So th- this is the worst of the worst. These are not isolated incidents. And so in the first instance, PETA always brings this information to law enforcement and regulators to try to get them to, to enforce cruelty laws um, and prosecute these, these, these culprits. And we've succeeded in getting the first ever felony convictions against workers for cruelty to animals on factory farms. We believe, and our, and our supporters demand, uh, that we follow through on our obligation to expose exactly what's going on. Um, and that's what we're here for. And social media is a great tool for us to be able to tell the animal's story. We are here to tell the animal's story. Now, when some of the video is graphic, we will uh, post warnings that our videos occasionally contain graphic information. But we also leave it to people's discretion uh, to look at, the, at, at what they want to look at. And, of course, we are the animal side of the story. The industry wants to portray itself with some sanitized image of, uh, of pieces of meat wrapped neatly in cellophane packages on your grocery store, grocery store shelf. And, of course, nothing uh, is further from the truth. Um, nobody needs to eat meat, eggs, or dairy. Um, and so these facilities are certainly not essential. And now more than ever, as I said, the public has a right to know what goes on in them. Uh, and the, the real harm to society uh, is the environmental degradation caused by factory farms, the health, the, the negative health impacts, uh, heart disease, uh, contributing to cancer that animal-based foods uh, have, have been uh, shown to be connected with, and so on. And so we are actually providing a vital public service to include to encourage people to do the most important thing they can 
for themselves, for the planet, uh, and for the animals, which is to go vegan and take animal products off of your plate. Is it is it reasonable to believe that uh, um, animals can be taken uh, completely out of the food chain? Absolutely. Um, in fact, companies like Smithfield, Tyson, and Cargill uh, already produce vegan meat, and others are following suit because they very much see that it's the wave of the future. Um, we've even written to the CEOs of Smithfield, Tyson, and Cargo uh, when the COVID-19 pandemic hit, uh, asking them to switch entirely to vegan meats. And we even offered to chip in to, to help defray the cost of retraining their, their employees. Now, that was back in April, and we haven't heard back from them since. But nobody needs to eat animals. And it's, again, it's healthier for people, it's better for the environment, and it's certainly better for the animals for people to pursue a vegan diet. And it's very easy. Uh, they can get a free vegan starter kit uh, at PETA.org. And we even have mentors available to help people on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis make the transition. How are the uh, uh, plant-based meat products going over? I see Burger King and I think uh, some other fast food chains are starting to follow suit with offering alternative uh, burgers. That's absolutely right. The demand for vegan food has never been higher. And um, we're seeing this uh, not only in the United States but around the world. And brands like Simple Truth, Beyond Meat, and Tofurky uh, are proving that there's a huge market for these delicious vegan meats that no animal has to suffer a miserable life and violently be slaughtered for. Um, so it, it is clearly the wave of, of the future. Assuming that animals aren't um, taken out of the food chain in the near future, is there uh, an, an ethical way of running slaughterhouses and and meat processing plants to make those products available is there a way that isn't that isn't overtly cruel no this this notion of humane or organic or or whatever other euphemistic term they want to use is really a smokescreen on today's factory farms Animals are crammed by the thousands into filthy windowless sheds, stuffed into wire cages, metal crates, and other torturous devices. And these giant corporations that run most factory farms have found that they can make more money by squeezing as many animals as possible into tiny spaces, even though many of the animals die from disease or infection. Um, And this goes back to why the ag-gag laws are so insidious and why they ought to be installing cameras in them for people to see. Uh, Paul McCartney, longtime PETA supporter, famously said that if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everybody would be vegetarian. Uh, And he's absolutely right. Nobody wants to support that kind of cruelty. And when you have the tens of millions of pigs, chickens, cows uh, being killed for food every day, um, there is no way that that can be done ethically. I, I know um, 
in our house, we always make an effort to uh, try to find uh, eggs, for example, that that claim to be uh, from free-range chickens, and and somehow that makes us feel a little better when, in fact, that free-range chicken farm might actually mean it's the same old farm, but there's a window. That's exactly right, Tom. That's an excellent point. And, and in fact, um, a, a company called Nelly's Farms was just sued over this uh, for exactly the, the, the point you make. Uh, many times the so-called free range is that they may have, quote-unquote, access to the outside, but they have to fight through the chickens who are already uh, weakened, um, have to fight through you know, ten to 20,000 other birds to try to get out of a small hole in the side of this stinking fetid shed. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing free-range about that, and these are the euphemisms that the industry tries to put forward uh, in, a, in an effort to, frankly, mislead the public uh, and try to get them to, to buy their inherently cool, cruel products. Because I, I've um, actually had the experience where, uh, for a short time now, they they don't zone for it where I am now, but at a previous resident uh, residence, um, my friend Sandy, she had a couple of chickens, and we enjoyed the eggs, but those chickens were treated very well. Yeah, and and what we're talking about here, Tom, are are the factory farms, which represent 99% of the facilities in in this country. Um, the, the 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 days of of the individual family farmer raising a couple of chickens is 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 a thing of the past. Um, and and again, you're talking about these uh, these facilities where they're cramming by the thousands pigs, turkeys, chickens. Uh, and animals are dying because they're sick or injured, and they and from birth to death they're leading lives of misery. These places uh, deny them everything that's natural to them, uh, including the ability to build social structures, the ability to see the sun, uh, just to live their lives the way they want. Uh, and of course, like I said, it's not only uh, bad. Uh, for the animals, but it's extremely unhealthy for humans, and it's devastating the environment. Now, I've I've visited uh, uh, at least a couple here in in Michigan, small family farms uh, where chickens and and pigs were being raised, and for food consumption. But on, on such a small scale, it, it I I just don't have the images from those experiences that you and I are talking about with these these big operations. But the big operations are, are doing everything in their power to eliminate these small operations. Well, that's exactly right. And, and that's why the family farmer uh, is disappearing. Um, and, and, of course, these are the huge industrial facilities that are uh, the, le- the leading contributor uh, of, of methane uh, which is the uh, you know a greenhouse gas um, that is that is having such a negative impact on our our climate, um, and there is just um, you know no excuse for this. You know human, humanity's demand for meat 
means that every day tens of millions of animals are crammed together in these crowded feces-ridden farms. Uh, They're transported in filthy conditions, uh, and they're slaughtered on killing floors that are soaked with blood, feces, urine, uh, and other bodily fluids. And, of course, this can be the breeding ground for disease, and that's why um, uh, in this time of COVID-19, it's so important that the disinfecting bright light of day be shown on these facilities to try to stop these practices and encourage people to move to a vegan diet. Uh, now, you mentioned when I asked who you were suing that, that PETA has, has gone state by state with, you know, its efforts to um, uh, set standards and, and, uh, and eliminate these, these gag laws. But why not attack it at the federal level? Or is is most of the regulating done at the state level? And if so, what is the FDA needed for? Yeah, the ag-gag laws are being pushed at the state level. Uh, now, we've succeeded in preventing ag-gag laws from even getting to the desks of governors in 19 states. But in that handful of states that I mentioned uh, where they have uh, been uh, enacted, we have had to sue. Um, There is virtually no federal oversight um, uh, of fact. There there is no federal oversight of factory farms and only minimal oversight at slaughterhouses. But the idea of any real meaningful enforcement um, of anything uh, at a factory farm or slaughterhouse is just a sad joke. Um, and, and, and the industry knows this. And, of course, these industries can be, again, you're talking about major corporations here who have billions of dollars, and they get the legislators in these states to do their bidding for them. And that's where these ag-gag laws are coming from. So we actually do go into federal court because these laws are a violation of the federal constitution guarantee uh, to freedom of speech and freedom of the press. So that's why we're having to sue there. Um, We have long known that any meaningful federal uh, oversight for the protection of animals uh, is uh, a sad joke, unfortunately. Even including uh, USDA inspections? Yes, absolutely. There are too few inspectors for too many facilities. Um, Even when inspectors do their job properly, um, the managers and the political appointees higher up the chain uh, ignore them. Uh, And we've seen things uh, at the USDA uh, throughout PETA's 40-year existence uh, that would just make your hair stand on then where you have whether whether it's uh, factory farm facilities or animal uh, exhibitors uh, who get a slap on the wrist. Uh, the USDA may have them dead to rights for violating the laws and regulations they enforce, and instead of really going after them like you and I think they should, uh, they give them a slap on the wrist and it becomes a cost of doing business. You see this all the time in, in many industries, uh, and and that's why these industries feel emboldened to be able to try to get these ag-gag laws in place uh, in in the states where they have a, a lot of clout. So uh, we've got to we've, we've got to pick them off one by one, and we will. Uh, and I'll tell you, 
even in the face of our very good success, uh, to tell you how uh, strident these industries are. Iowa, uh, in Iowa, its ag-gag law was struck down in 2019, as I mentioned, not deterred. We are now in federal court fighting version 2.0 of their ag-gag law. And we, we're very confident that we'll get that one struck uh, on constitutional grounds as well. Um, but they're, they're, not, they're not giving up, and that's why we're speaking out, especially during this time of COVID-19. But it, when PETA and other organizations are successful at um, setting higher standards and, and um, creating more transparency for American companies, is there a temptation on uh, on American companies to then just start importing, say, chickens from China? Well, I, I don't think that is really uh, a, a realistic alternative. Um, and what we believe, and w- and what our information and our investigations are showing, is that these conditions are the same around the world. Remember, the wet market that gave us COVID-19 is in China. So the conditions at these major factory farms and slaughter facilities uh, are no different and no better anywhere in in the world. No, no, my point point in bringing that up, the, the import possibility, Jeff, was as a way to circumvent regulation and transparency. And use, well, I, you know, factories is, in other countries that don't have those restrictions. Yeah, there really isn't any meaningful regulation on factory farms and slaughterhouses in, in the United States as it is. So, so the cases we're winning are not about more stringent regulations at, at the factory farms. We don't have the authority to do that. That has to come from the government, and the government doesn't is not demonstrating the political will to do that. What we're talking about in these lawsuits is simply removing the restrictions on PETA's ability and the ability of the press and workers to speak out against horrific conditions in these facilities. So it's really, that's why these are called ag-gag laws. It's really about us removing that gag that is trying to be shoved down our throats by the factory farm industry. More with Jeff Kerr from PETA. Citizens, 
Darkwing Duck here, and every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. The Tom Sumner program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner program. Do you have feelings of inadequacy? Do you suffer from shyness? Do you sometimes wish you were more assertive? If you answered yes to any of these questions, ask your doctor or pharmacist about tequila. Tequila is the safe, natural way to feel better and more confident about yourself and your actions. Tequila can help ease you out of your shyness and let you tell the world that you're ready and willing to do just about anything. You'll notice the benefits of tequila almost immediately. And with a regimen of regular doses, you can overcome any obstacles that prevent you from living the life you want to live. Shyness and awkwardness will be a thing of the past, and you'll discover many talents you never knew you had. Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila may not be right for everyone. Women who are pregnant or nursing should not use tequila. However, women who wouldn't mind nursing or becoming pregnant are encouraged to try it. Side effects may include dizziness, nausea, vomiting, incarceration, erotic lustfulness, loss of motor control, loss of clothing, loss of money, loss of virginity, delusions of grandeur, table dancing, headache, dehydration, dry mouth, and a desire to sing karaoke and play all-night rounds of strip poker, truth or dare, and naked twister. Warning, the consumption of alcohol may make you think you're whispering when you're not. It's a major factor in dancing like a retard. may cause you to tell your friends over and over again that you're in love with them. Also may cause you to think you can sing. Alcohol may lead you to believe that ex-lovers are really dying for you to telephone them at four in the morning. Alcohol may make you think you can logically converse with members of the opposite sex without spitting. It may create the illusion that you are tougher, smarter, faster, and better looking than most people. And it may lead you to think people are laughing with you. Alcohol may cause pregnancy, and it also may be a major factor in getting your ass kicked. So what are you waiting for? Stop hiding and start living with tequila. Tequila! Those hands, no matter whose they are, can spread the germs of many common diseases. That's why I want you to realize how important it is to keep hands clean, to wash them regularly and always before meals with Life Boy which not only removes dirt, but helps to remove germs. Teach the children this habit. Form it yourself. Always use Life Boy for hands and face as well as the bath. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. They can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. In the interest of goodwill. The Hoffman Beverage Company feels compelled to make this announcement. It's simply this. All Hoffman flavors have that happy taste, except sarsaparilla. We might as well come right out with it. We haven't quite hit that happy, carefree note in sarsaparilla. Now, please don't misunderstand us. Our Hoffman sarsaparilla is absolutely dependable. It's trustworthy. It's loyal. And many fine, upstanding citizens love it. But it just isn't what we call happy. You take our Hoffman orange, it's absolutely rollicking. Our lemon is almost giggly. Our black cherry and black raspberry are so bubbling with happiness, they dance in the glass. 
They all have natural flavor and famous Hoffman Steady Sparkle. We're sorry about Hoffman Sarsaparilla. Why isn't it happy? Well, let me ask you. Could you be happy if your name this was This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with Jeff Kerr from PETA straight ahead. We've been talking specifically about animals because you represent PETA, but um, don't th- those things also apply to things like GMO labeling and so on? Um, it, it depends state by state, but certainly the ag-gag laws are written as broadly as they possibly can be to try to prevent anything negative coming out about the practices in these facilities. And that's why we've been joined uh, in these lawsuits, not only by environmental groups, uh, but also by uh, workers groups as well, um, who understand that this is a threat to their worker safety and their ability to argue for uh, more safe working conditions and be able to take to take videos of those conditions and show those as well. So these are this is part of what's so insidious about these laws. It's basically attempting to make everything, every aspect of their operation hidden from public scrutiny. With the uh, with the alternative uh, meat products, um, one of the things that that I think makes uh, people reluctant to try those things is the concern that man-made meat is somehow some kind of a laboratory experiment what what is actually <laughs> yeah, do you know what i mean by that jeff i mean people sure. you know are, sure. are assuming well th- these are just chemical substitutes for the real thing what what are we talking about with plant-based yeah, meat yeah what yeah, and, and that's the that's exactly the phrase, Tom, that I was going to use. Thank you for saying it right there at the end of your question. These are these are plant based materials. They come plant based uh, meat alternatives, uh, and they come from healthy sources. Um, people need to be a smart consumer, read labels, and make sure you're eating things that are healthy. Uh, but these are infinitely healthier than uh, than the decaying flesh of a dead animal. Um, and these are, are foods that are, that are being uh, produced by these major factory farm conglomerates. These companies are moving to vegan meats because they know they're, they're better. They know consumers are demanding them, and they know this is going to be not only the present but the future. Uh, from a worker perspective also, it's incredibly safer. And if they retrain their workers into making vegan products, the horrors of the factory farm industry for workers, it's, it's the most dangerous uh, job in the country, will go away. Um, you'll create more and more jobs, which is something everybody is clamoring for now. Um, and it, it, is, it is the wave of the future. And like I said, there will be no cruelty to animals. There will be no environmental degradation from it. Uh, and, it and they're healthier. Uh, for for humans to eat, so um, th- there's there's really no downside here, and uh, I think the fact that these companies are jumping on the bandwagon is the greatest indication uh, that that this is the future. The writing is on the wall, and uh, this is the direction that our society is going. 
Now, this this might sound a little bit off the wall, Jeff, but is there any concern that that somehow taking uh, animals out of the food chain for humans um, creates some some concern about animal overpopulation? No, we didn't get here overnight, Tom. We're not going to, and this isn't going to change overnight. And so what you would have is the, as you have in any industry that goes through a transition, uh, is a more gradual change. Uh, and so the, the animals will just stop being bred by these facilities as the market declines. You're already seeing that as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, where some of these facilities, the, the factory farms, are not producing as many animals as they would have uh, because the, the, the customer base just isn't there with the closure of restaurants and large institutional facilities. Um, unfortunately, that has created its own uh, parade of horribles uh, where you've got uh, factory farms that are, that are actually steaming pigs alive and roasting them to death in their sheds uh, because they can't be bothered to care and feed them, uh, care for and feed them during this because they don't, they don't have a market. Um, and uh, they're euthanizing chickens and other livestock as well. Uh, they've reportedly been killing newborn piglets, uh, giving pregnant sows abortions and gassing chickens uh, simply because uh, several slaughterhouses and processing plants uh, had closed. Uh, leaving them with nowhere to send their animals. So uh, it, it, right now, during the pandemic, it's creating additional cruelty. But over time, as the demand goes down, uh, so too will the breeding of the animals for food. Jeff, I, I always uh, want to give guests, we're, we're almost out of time, and I, I always like to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about if they want to drill down on this a little more. Um, is there, uh, PETA has a website. That's right. They can go to PETA.org. That's P-E-T-A dot org. Uh, and you can find information about all of our work. But most importantly for the conversation today, they can find free vegan starter kits. And uh, it's very easy to do. It's an easy transition. Um, the food is delicious and healthy for you, and they can even be put in touch with mentors who can help them uh, adopt and stick with a vegan diet. Well, Jeff, thanks for spending this time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. It was my pleasure, Tom. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. That was uh, Jeff Kerr. He is uh, general counsel to PETA people for the ethical treatment of animals, if you haven't heard of uh, PETA before. Um, with that, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more of the Tom Sumner program. Straight in.
friends Never mind the rest of us When you think anyone is wise to you Divert them with a fuss You should know they got you figured out Six ways to Sunday Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 